Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Ki Reese. And I'm Laura Brodney. And I'm sat across a very pink, very bright, very excited, albeit a little bit nervous, Laura Brodnick, who has some huge interviews today. Tell us about them, Elby. And this is my one pinked out item is this blazer, and you told me I had to wear it today. Yes. Because I've got two days of Barbie <gasps> events. I'm doing a meet and greet with the cast today and like a press event. There's going to be pink cocktails. My mouth's very on so the jaw. <laughs> My mouth's on the jaw. My mouth's on the jaw. Oh, yeah. My jaw's on the floor. I know what you were saying. So it's Margot Robbie, <gasps> Issa Rae, America Ferreira, all the big hitters, and of course the writer and the director of the movie, Greta Gerwig. And then I'm interviewing them one-on-one tomorrow, which I'm actually really wild. quite nervous about because it's like big talent. You've got to get the big questions in there. You know, we're going to have them on the spill, so I want the spillers to be proud of me. Yes. And I haven't seen the full movie, but I did get invites to the premiere what today. What can you tell us? I can't say anything about the movie, okay. but I did get two tickets to the premiere. Do you want to come with me? <gasps> yes! As if you didn't know the other ticket was for well, you. I didn't get any tickets today, so I was like, oh, well. We're still I'll letting just... the world know that Key Reese is back in action. I am back PR, and accepting put on your free list. tickets. Thank All you. All right. Monday, 17th of July, <gasps> marketing calendar, we're going to Barbie. All right. And obviously the Swifty drama has just been intense, but... There is another juicy bit of gossip that's going on all about Era's tour that we don't really think anyone's talking about. We're going to get into that, but first we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines. Kicking things off today with a bit of upsetting news, and that's the fact that we've learned that Madonna is recovering in intensive care after falling ill with a serious bacterial infection, and she's been in intensive care for over seven days now. This is all coming via a statement from her longtime manager, Guy Aseri, who released this information this week. In the statement, he said her health is improving. However, she is still under medical care. A full recovery is expected, which is obviously very good to hear. What he also wanted to say is that her upcoming celebrations tour, which was due to start July 15th in Canada, has been postponed until further notice. So this is obviously upsetting because at 64 years old, Madonna was set to do this big sold out worldwide tour. It was billed as paying homage to her career, which has scanned more than four decades and now has been put on hold indefinitely. Page Six also reported that she was taken to hospital after becoming suddenly unwell. There are some reports around about her being found unresponsive, but we're kind of just going with what's been said in the official statement. So wishing her better health soon, and I'm sure her fans are hoping that her concert dates will go ahead. In some exciting Australian TV news, the Stan original series RuPaul's Drag Race Stand Under is back for season three. It's been confirmed today by Stan. It's premiering on July 28th, so mark that in your calendars. And we have the full new cast list of queens who will be competing this season. Gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win. 
So there's a full cast list and we'll link the article in the show notes with all of their different names and their Insta handles in case you want to go follow them. But just going through a few names that popped out in the list. First of all, we've got Bumper Love, who at 51 is the oldest queen this season, originally from Auckland. In their press statement about them, it says they have a passion for supporting the GLBTIQA+. And has also produced Auckland's fabulous nighttime pride parade and been a sponsor and events manager for Melbourne's gay rugby team, The Chargers. So I think that's always nice when you see people from different ends of the age spectrum on shows like this. Definitely. Also in there, and I found this really cute, so Ivana Drink, 26, from Auckland, is a regular face in Auckland's cabaret scene. But what's really cute is that they are married to a former drag race contestant, Anita Wiglet. So they become like a power couple of drag. We interviewed Anita on the first blue yeah, red carpet with Stan and I they remember. are lovely. So it's cute seeing their little love story in there. I wonder if Anita will make a cameo. I hope so. I really love that drag name, Ivana Drink. I know. That's the one that kind of popped out at me. It's seeing all of their drag names, which is like the really the fun part yeah. in this first thing of seeing the cast list come through. And also at 24, Rita Menu is the youngest queen competing this year and has only been doing drag and like performing like this for over a year, it says, but is ready to take their lack of experience and run with it. And what we have seen over the last few years is a few queens who are very new to the scene bring a very different kind of energy and like excitement because, you know, they got, they're on one of the biggest franchises in the world for drag queens and kind of bringing that to the forefront of our screen, which is exciting. That the older drag queens don't necessarily always love it. No, that was a big point yeah. for last season, which right? Which is great. I mean, it makes sense that they'd cast someone so young to create that drama. Yeah, exactly. With those two warring age groups. I know I love it. I'm looking forward to that. And what's also really exciting is that the announcement of when the show is airing and the new cast comes off the back of Drag Race Down Under being nominated for some Logie Awards. Most notably, Queen Kong from season two has been nominated for the Graham Kennedy Award for Most Popular New Talent. And it's the first First time a drag queen has ever been nominated for a Logie Award. That's cool. Yeah, so you should jump on it. I mean, not we want to swing the votes. Not that we have that power, but you yes, should jump on and swing vote the for vote. Queen Kong because we loved them. And I feel like this is, again, a really important moment for Australian television. So the Stant original series, RuPaul's Drag Race Stand Under Season 3, is coming to a screens July 28, and we will pop the link in the show notes of where you can follow all the queens. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Well, Swifty fans got an exciting update this morning. The Eras Tour Instagram announced that two new shows would be added to Taylor Swift's Australian tour date. So that's the 15th of Feb in Melbourne and the 26th of Feb in Sydney. But would you believe it? Not all the Swifties are happy. Why? Because they almost had heart attacks yesterday with the stress of trying to get tickets online. So anyway, those tickets are going to be released with the general release tomorrow. So... Godspeed. Did you jump into the ticket fray? We didn't even talk about that yesterday because we were so stressed about Chelsea McLaughlin. I saw Spillers like commenting on the Mum Mia page being yeah. like, but wait a second, I don't care. Did Chelsea get one? <laughs> she did, guys. She, she came did. through at like 10 o'clock at night or something like that. That is 
actually wild. So she stayed online that whole time. Yeah, and just kept refreshing and got one of the later like packages, which is interesting because I had already gotten a ticket, not as good as the one she got before that, and she was in tears about not getting <gasps> one, as many Swifties. And I was like, I don't know how to have this conversation with her. I'll, so I'll just have to find a new job. Yeah, do you want my ticket? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's not a good seat. <laughs> but that isn't actually what we're going to chat about today because would you believe the era's ticketing Hunger Games isn't even the most dramatic thing going on with Taylor's tour right now? So just a couple of weeks ago when Taylor announced her international tour dates, including here in Australia, she also announced that singer and Girl Meets World star Sabrina Carpenter would be her supporting act. So she's had a range of supporting acts on her US tour, including Paramore and Phoebe Bridges and Haim, just to name a few. But just with logistics, it kind of made sense that she'd have just the one opening act. And then I was like, Sabrina Carpenter, where have I heard that name before? And then it clicked. Okay, so remember Olivia Rodrigo? She starred in High School Musical, the musical, the series. And then in 2021, we talked about it on The Spill. She had that breakout song, Driver's License. It was about that love triangle between her and her co-star, Joshua Bassett. And the person, the other person in the triangle was Sabrina Carpenter. Even though I know we did a whole deep dive episode on this, I had actually forgotten that Same. and not put any of that stuff together. I didn't I can't keep up with the teens. I know they're not teens anymore, but they are teens in my eyes. Yeah, well, they play teens on yeah. television, so that makes sense. Okay, so let me go a little bit deep on this love triangle just because we didn't remember this even happened, so how can we expect you to? So Driver's License is released and it goes viral. Listen to the lyrics. And you're probably with that blonde girl who always made me doubt She's so much older than me She's everything I'm insecure about Yet today I drove through the suburbs Cause how could I ever love someone else? So it turns out that blonde girl was Sabrina. Wow, made me doubt and is a lot older than me. Two burns back to back. I know, she wasn't playing around. So shortly after, Sabrina then releases a rebuttal track. It's called Skin. Listen very closely to these lyrics. Maybe we could have been friends If I met you in another life Maybe then we could pretend There's no gravity in the words we write Maybe you didn't mean it Maybe blonde was the only rhyme The only rhyme Want my heart to be breaking, breaking, no I'm happy and you hate it, hate it, oh And I'm not asking you to let it go But you've been telling your side So I'll be telling mine Maybe blonde was the only rhyme Mm -hmm. Holy shit. I mean, not even Taylor Swift is that intense about her lyrics to people she's trying to send messages to. It was pointed. She basically got it tattooed on her face. Let's just call (laughs) for what it is. So anyway, fast forward to a year later and Sabrina and Josh fizzle, but then their relationship then inspires her album, which was titled Emails I Can't Send. And in it, she really talks about how she was branded as the other woman. She was really called horrendous names like a slut and a homewrecker. And what happens, do you think? It becomes a bona fide hit. The fans are like, tour, tour, tour. And basically she books a sold-out tour and she becomes this, like, pop superstar. So why do we care about this in relation to Taylor Swift? This is where it gets a little bit, uh uh-oh, have we got another triangle on our hands, but this time... It's three ladies. So Olivia Rodrigo is a known massive Swifty fan. Like she has spoken really publicly about how much Taylor's music has influenced her debut album Sour, even going as far as like 
Some songs are really similar. Some songs have been sampled. So like Cruel Summer and New Year's Day, the latter was actually sampled on her One Step Forward and Two Steps Back song, which was approved. They were also thought to be like really friendly and that Taylor had kind of like brought her up a little bit. And they were pictured together at the 2021 Brit Music Awards. And Olivia had also promoted Taylor's Fearless album. So everything was like thought to be very cordial. Mm -hmm. But Olivia hasn't been pictured at any of Taylor's US tour dates, but Sabrina did attend the one in Philadelphia. And considering this is a massive year for Swifties, she hasn't publicly supported Taylor at all. So a lot of people are speculating that perhaps Olivia Rodriguez and Taylor Swift had had a little bit of a falling out and are now on a bit of a triangle with Sabrina Carpenter. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are saying like, oh, why do we have to always pit women against each other, especially women in the public eye read so much into this. And I have seen, like I hadn't brought the Sabrina Carpenter of it all into it, but I have seen posts on like Dumois and other kind of gossipy sites and like, you know, page six and stuff talking about the fact that there's some sort of known falling out between Olivia and Taylor. But at the same time, as much as we shouldn't pit women against each other, all of these women have like built up their careers and stuff by having these sort of secret messages and by having these like look for the clues, look for the bigger story, look for what I'm telling you. And I think a lot of fans now have taken that so far, potentially further than they actually meant us to kind of take it and are now looking for these kind of hints of battles or animosity or revenge in everything they put out. And I also think it's interesting that like Taylor Swift has come out on stage being like, don't attack people that you think I wrote a song about when I was 19 I'm now 33 and we all really attributed that to John Mayer which is I think what she was talking about but I wonder if that was also a broader message of don't attribute me partnering with Sabrina Carpenter to me attacking Olivia Rodrigo interesting but at the same time all these dynamics they've set up that they almost want fans to lean into that I know well it's definitely part of like the marketing plan for this stuff like if you're going to write about it they're going to market it that way. Like they're going to, they do it in the music videos. It's really pointed and obvious. But I had another bit of a theory on this. And I think that it's part of maybe Taylor's rebrand. So obviously the reputation, look what you made me do, that kind of era when she had that really big feud with Katy Mm. Perry. Oh, you forgot about the Katy Perry feud. That was intense as well. Like she loves the feud. She does. And then she released Lover, which was very much her comeback album after, because it was the Katy Perry drama that happened. And then Kim Kardashian came out with that recording about Kanye West asking her to be on that song and then he called her a bitch and that was a big hoopla. And then Kim Kardashian was like, I'm not going to let you lie about my husband, release the illegal recording that they had yeah, had pretty the conversation. Much. So then she released Lover with You Need to Calm Down and Katy Perry was like in a hamburger yeah, or something at the that. end. And that was very much her rebrand. She went quiet for a few years and came back as like a lover, I'm peaceful, I've made up with my, you know, very public feud partner. Yes. <laughs> So I thought maybe like this is a bit of a continuation about that saying like let's rise above the feuds because obviously if you look at what's happened like Sabrina Carpenter arguably has also made a lot out of this feud. Well really the breakup between Mm. her and Joshua Bassett but I also think that she was probably the – I would say the underdog and during that time with Olivia Rigo's fans attacking Olivia her. fans are more intense totally. and more powerful, you're saying, yeah. So I think almost Taylor's kind of like, I'm just going to lift her up and be like, we're all friends. Well, maybe not with Olivia, but we'll just do it. <laughs> but the and timing's also interesting because Olivia Rodriguez's new single is out tomorrow, Vampire. So then I'm like, is this just a three-way marketing blitz that's like getting at me? I don't know. 
I mean, maybe. It's so interesting because earlier in the week we were talking about Miley Cyrus and then I did this idea that she's saying, I need to stop doing it. Other musicians need to stop doing it. This idea of making everything about hidden messages and clues and Easter eggs instead of music. But the flip side of that is like that's what gets people, as we were saying, is this is what gets people talking about your songs and your video clips yeah. and your music. It's like they created this machine and now they don't want to feed the machine beast anymore, but it's turning away anyway. And it's interesting, especially with Taylor, because she has gone the other way with her branding and now she's encouraging her fans to like give each other friendship bracelets at the concerts and everyone's, you know, this one big happy family. So they're all there like, we love each other, but kill John Mayer, but yeah. we love each other. Yeah. It's a very intense emotional spiral, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And if you're not already, what are you doing? Come over and follow our Instagram account. It's at The Spill Podcast. We post links to what we're speaking about on the show. We post recommendations. We post some behind the scenes photos and videos from events. Maybe we'll do a little Q&A in the future. It's Ooh. All... Send us juicy questions. Talking about feuds. I like that. <laughs> at The Spill Podcast, come over and follow us. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, with assistant production by Tali Blackman. Our audio production is by Scott Stronach and our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au and over on the Spill Instagram. Bye. Bye.